It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome in to the very first episode. Very first episode. Man, I like want to take a moment to soak up getting ready to say this. To the Nick Bob podcast. Oh, it feels good to say. Man, that feels good to say. I'm so excited about this. Uh, I, I really hope you guys will take this journey with me. Because do I know what I'm doing? Kind of. <laughs> kind of. But that's what that'll be that's what's gonna be fun about this. We are going to uh, go on this ride together. Um, and I, I've told a few people over the last couple of weeks or whatever, hey, I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to start a podcast. I'm going to do my own podcast. And there's been a handful of people that's like, well, why are you doing that? Why, why, why are you doing a podcast? And you know what the answer is? And it's really simple. It's because it's what I really want to do. I know that sounds like, but th- this is what I really sincerely, passionately want to do. And I think as long as you are following your passion, it'll all kind of work out. It'll all kind of align itself. And as y'all know, in uh, mid-July, I, I, I walked away from my radio show on 1620 Zone, Game Time with Nick Ball. Uh, been going at that for about six years. I've been with 1620 for pretty much 10 years. 10. And I'm not going to lie, this was something that was on my mind for a while. I, I've... Uh, I felt like I had I, I was ready for a change. Felt like I was ready for a new challenge. Um, I, and I'm just I'm ready to grow and I'm ready to to evolve. And I think sometimes in life, you you have to get outside of your comfort zone. You have to kind of force yourself to to change, evolve, and grow. And that that's what I'm doing here. And I, I, if you listen to you know what I announced on the radio and all that, a big part of my decision was going all in on my passions. And those passions are, number one, college basketball television, college basketball TV. It's my dream job. I mean, for the better part of 20-plus years, um, if I could have any job in the world, I'd be a, a college basketball analyst. Like, literally, if someone right now, if I hit the Powerball, $700 billion or something like that, I would still want to be a college basketball analyst on TV. I want to go more all into that. But I also want to dive into the podcasting world. Because I'm passionate about podcasting. I really am. It's what I listen to. I think it's, uh, while it's not a new thing, it's still relatively new. Um, and I, I, I just, you, you've watched it over, because you pay attention to your industry. Radio, media, uh, things that are coming up, things that are, you go, that ain't going to last, that's going to last. Podcasting's here to stay. And I, I'm taking a leap here, guys. And I'm really hoping you guys take the leap with me. Because I want to do this. I want to give you guys great, entertaining, fun, interesting, insightful content. And I just, like I said, I know that the vast majority of what I listen to in my free time, podcasts. So sometimes you think about, okay, what do I do or what do I want? Like you have to kind of put a mirror up to your life and yourself and go, well, what am I passionate about? What do I like to do? What do my daily habits look like? And podcasting is a huge part of what I do on a day-to-day basis. 
And I just love the platform. I really do. I'm, I'm excited. I get to totally 100% control my own brand. I get to totally 100% control my own content. And I get to give you guys exactly what I'm passionate about, what I care about. And that, that's not to say that wasn't necessarily what was happening on the radio, right? That, that's not true. But, but here's the thing. The harsh reality of radio at times is no matter what, you got to fill three hours, no matter what. And that can be tricky and that can be tough. Because to let you behind the curtain as someone that's been in radio for 10 years is sometimes when you have, when you, when you have time to fill, you force topics, um, you may manufacture topics, you have a way of sometimes making stories a little bit bigger than they actually are, because you have to fill the time. You know, I can't be like, all right, welcome back. Uh, I don't have anything to say, so I'll just sit here for the next five minutes. No, that's not, that's not how it goes. And listen, I don't want to turn this in. I'm not, I'm not bashing radio. I actually love sports talk radio. I, I, I still do a sports talk radio show on the weekends for national Fox Sports Radio. I just think just like anything, there are pros and cons, advantages and disadvantages to different things, different platforms, different avenues. Uh, There are advantages that radio has that podcasting doesn't. The everyday aspect of it, the live aspect of it, the immediacy of it. Story breaks, boom, you're there. I mean, I remember being, I was doing the show live when Mike Riley was hired. You know, that's where sports talk radio is special, where it's like announcement, I mean, literally hit my email, read it to you the second it happened. Like that, there, that's one of those, hey, listen, radio has an advantage. But there are also advantages to podcasting that radio doesn't have. Really focusing on the topics that you are passionate about. And then one of the biggest ones, and this is the thing I'm really excited about, that one of the biggest advantages for podcasting to me are the interviews and the guests. I've, I've always felt, I don't know if other radio people feel like this, I've always felt somewhat frustrated and dissatisfied with interviews I do on the radio. Because the reality is, how can you really get into anything of note and of substance in six, seven, eight minutes? It's, it's hard, right? I mean, you basically can't. Any conversation that really goes places and... Uh, and, and gets in depth and, and is interesting and insightful and really gets to someone's heart and soul and core, to me, lasts longer than five to eight minutes. It's more conversational. It is more relaxed. I, I also think people subconsciously go into radio mode when they are on a radio show. Like, get, like a guest comes on a radio show, they tighten up, maybe aren't as relaxed, they're afraid to say certain things, and you're ultimately not going to get the best version of whatever that guest is that you are having on. And then there's also the reality of time constraints of you having to take commercial breaks. A hard break is coming. Like you got, you can be getting into something that's really interesting. You got to take a break, and that is something that really hurts. Uh, how good a conversation or an interview can be. So, for example. The interview that you guys are going to listen to on this podcast today uh, is Barrett Root, inside linebackers coach for Nebraska, one of my best friends in the world. I've had him on my show at various times in various ways uh, for the past 10 years. 
Shick and Nick, he came on every week. Uh, game time, he would come on, sometimes come in studio. Uh, I mean, I've had him on a lot, right? And this conversation I recorded with Barrett was by far our best piece of content we've ever done. Why? Because I think we were relaxed. Uh, I, 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 we didn't have a time constraint. We would have taken a break 10 minutes into the conversation and the moment would have been lost. The flow would have been lost. Uh, and so I, I don't think that's necessarily, I mean, I, I'm excited about the chance to have long form conversations with interesting people. It, it's honestly, when I think about what am I looking forward to most with the podcast, that one A, one B is that the ability to really deep dive with interesting people, even Kevin Kugler. I, I got, I've had him on my show every week. And the conversation that I'm going to play for you guys with Kevin that we recorded coming up later on this week, it's the best chat we've had in years by far. And so I do think in that regard, the podcasting format is just, it's superior. It is. It, it really is. So that's it, man. I, I'm, I'm taking a leap here. I really hope you guys uh, join me on this journey because um, I, I really want to provide fun, interesting, entertaining content for you guys. We're going to talk about, about a bunch of stuff on this podcast. I had someone try to say, like, how would you describe your podcast? I'm like, I mean, uh, entertainment podcast based in sports, I guess. I don't, I don't know how, if I had to, like have a sentence for it, maybe that would be it. But we're going to cover a ton of local sports, obviously. Nebraska football, Creighton basketball, ton of Creighton hoops. I'm going to cover a lot of Nebraska basketball, Coach Hoiberg doing his thing, Big Ten football, Big Ten basketball, Big East basketball, a ton of college basketball because of what I do, um, big NBA stuff. Y'all know that I can't stay away from that. Uh, I'm, I am going to dip my toe into some NFL stuff at times. Basically, what I'm saying is anything that I'm passionate about that hits me in my heart and in my head – Let's do it, man. Let, let, let's talk about it. And I, I'm also going to work hard to get you guys awesome guests that are big names, whether they're friends of mine, coaches, players, guys on TV, Fox people that I've gotten to know, uh, on and on. So I am fired up. I'm excited. I'm just on a, I'm on a passion crusade. That's pretty much what I'm, I am. I'm on the passion highway right now. I'm all in on my TV college basketball work. Can't wait for basketball season. But throughout the year, in the meantime, I want to go all in on my passion of podcasting too. And I want to do this for you guys. I want to do this for me. And again, I'm ready to go on this journey, and I, and I hope you guys join me. So a couple of uh, little nuggets here. Just a football season, during football season, we're planning on dropping two podcasts a week. The first one will be Sunday night, Monday morning, a lot of reaction to the game. Oftentimes, that'll be me and Bo Rude recapping, reacting to the Nebraska football game. Uh, we will have then a podcast likely drop uh, Thursday morning or Thursday afternoon. But during launch week, this week, I, I want to I just, I, I give you guys a bunch of good stuff. So I'm going to have a podcast every day. Kevin Kugler, Bo Rude, Barrett Rude, uh, Rob Stone, uh, Fox TV studio host, hosting the uh, the new Fox College Game Day for college football with Matt Leinart, Reggie Bush, and Brady Quinn and Urban Meyer. Uh, so we are going to really hit 
the ground running this week, and I'm going to get you guys a ton of great content. Uh, but that that kind of is the plan. But before we get to Barrett, uh, and I set that up, I do want to take a second, and I want to thank Pat and JT. I've known them for, God, 10 years now, probably 10 years. And it's funny, we have a similar journey. Uh, our, our studios were right next to each other at the radio station we were at, 98.5 and 1620. Schick and I would, would mosey on in there and, and come on their morning show and talk about God knows what. And there's some people who come across, you just kind of hit it off. You hit it off uh, creatively, and you also hit it off from the standpoint of, of kind of trusting people. And being like, I want to, I, I, that's someone that I want to be in, I, I'd love to get into business with. I'd love to be around. And they're, they're both so talented. They're good people. And they've taken this leap as well into launching Parkville Media. And they got their own podcast going, the Pat and JT podcast, which is great. Uh, and they have really helped me get this, launch this podcast, get it off the ground. I mean, again, I'm, I'm, uh, in, I'm taking a leap here, and it, it's, it's nice to embark on this journey with people you trust and people that are good people. So big shout-out and thank you um, to, to Pat and JT. Uh, all right, so Barrett, I, I felt like given the time of the year, football on the brain, Nebraska football on the brain, and given my relationship with this guy, when I was thinking about, okay, who's going to be my first podcast? It, it just had to be Barrett. Just had to be Barrett Root. For, if you don't know, I've known Barrett my entire life. Uh, literally from the day I was born, my, my dad, Rich Baugh, Barrett's dad, Tom Rood, they played uh, football together at Nebraska. They became friends. Then my mom and Bo and, Bo and Barrett's mom, Jamie Rood, uh, became best friends too. So naturally, I became best friends with Bo and Barrett. Like, my last name might as well be Rood, <laughs> or Bo and Barrett's last name may as well be Baugh. I grew up with Barrett. I played high school football and high school basketball with Barrett. I was a groomsman uh, in his wedding. Barrett was a groomsman in my wedding. Uh, he's an amazing guy uh, who I have a ton of respect for. And his football career is second to none. Second to none. He's the all-time tackle leader in the history of Nebraska football with 432 tackles. Nobody has ever had more tackles in the history of the program than Barrett Root. He was a second-round pick by the Tampa Bay Bucks in 2005. He played eight years in the NFL, Bucks, Titans, Saints, Seahawks, Texans. Uh, he was on Scott Frost's staff at Central Florida, and now he is the inside linebackers coach in Nebraska, which is just amazing because anybody that uh, – the, the rude name is synonymous with Nebraska linebacker. Those two connect. It's like Manning and quarterback, you know what I mean? Archie, Peyton, Eli. Rude and linebacker are synonymous. Tom Rude. John Root. You know the hit against Oklahoma on the kickoff? That's John Root. That's Bo and Barrett's uncle. That's Tom's brother. But so Tom Root, John Root, Bo Root, Barrett Root. Like, they, these guys are linebackers through and through. And Barrett's a guy that bleeds Husker Red. And I think he's a rising star in the coaching profession. You guys are going to love this. I, we had an awesome conversation about camp, about uh, recruiting philosophies. We, we take a deep dive into last year, what it was like. We get a sense of, of how Barrett sees the offense, the defense, this season. Uh, tons of interesting nuggets in what was a awesome, about an hour-long conversation with my buddy Barrett Rude. So let's get to my friend, inside linebackers coach at Nebraska. Here's my conversation with Barrett Rude. All right, so we are 
Do we just want to be honest, Barrett? Do we want to be honest about where we are and what we're doing here? You tell it. We Okay, so first of all, we're taping this on a Monday night, August 19th. It is 9.21 p.m., so people understand just what's happening. And we are at my parents' house. You've been here numerous times. This is this is real. We're at my parents' house right you now. You wanted my comfort level high. <laughs> you took, you took or, your way back. Or it's like we gotta be like we gotta meet on neutral turf or something <laughs> like that. It can't be at your house, can't be at my house. It has to be like on a new you realize you can you can cuss on podcasts. I don't know if I'm ready to pull the trigger on that. No, I'm not ready for that one yet. Are you a cusser when you coach? Yeah. I yeah. would be I well oh, when I was coaching the I coached the Runza Bison, like Lincoln, like the South or West Omaha. I was like you know, it was it, me and your brother, and we were like, if you don't effing remake, it was horrible. <laughs> what gets hard is when you're in the meeting room and you start really talking football. <laughs> and because, you know, you, when you have recruits on campus, a lot of times you'll kind of take them through what your defense is, and you'll find yourself, you get excited, and all of a sudden you'll drop one. And it's like the mom and little sister sitting there, and you're like, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> you know? Did I don't know if Coach, did Coach Mazursky cuss? Our, our high school football. Yes, yes he did. Yeah, Why don't I remember? Not a not a lot. He said "fricking" a lot. You a lot got a freaking fr- hit. It was a lot of frickins. Yeah, you, you know he wasn't an f bomb guy. <laughs> but he, he would let some go every now and then. But a big frickin' and the toothpick was going to get worn to a nub. Coach Solich didn't cuss, did he? Not much. Not much at all. Bo Pelini, did he cuss? <laughs> <laughs> Bo Bo invented cuss words. <laughs> He would make hybrid F-bomb, F-bomb. And they were awesome. I'd just sit back there and giggle. Oh, God. <laughs> was, uh, I mean, we know Gruden cusses. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I would say of my... Gruden cusses all... Because you probably haven't watched any Hard Knocks. You've been in your own watched Hard Knocks. Knocks I mean, Homeboy is cussing. Yeah, he's... So he's... Well, you know, what's funny <laughs> is I always said, like, Monday Night Football, that was John Gruden, but it was PG John Gruden. Right. Censor, he was there, yes. Yeah, it was just, and he, credit to him that he, I don't think he cussed on air ever. See, I don't understand, because like when me and you hang out, yeah. we're, I mean, we're, it's not like we're sailors, but we cuss a little bit. Yeah. I'm kind of amazed that I've never let one slip. 10 years of broadcasting, yeah. I've never, it's, I don't know how I'm able to turn it off. I Yeah, I agree, because I, and, and I'm usually pretty good in social settings, like I don't, cuss a lot but like the but if you get around the right people yeah, oh yeah like my closer friends i start cussing more and then certain people that cuss a lot i cuss more around them i mean when i'm hanging out with bo the, the f-bombs start naturally flying <laughs> so i brought i brought my daughter who's three over to bo's house the other day and bo's just i mean my daughter's sitting right there and bo's just f-bombing <laughs> all over the place i'm like bo well and that's the other thing too when you you know because around your kids you're naturally gonna let it slip sometimes but Brooks is three and a half, and it's like instant repeat. See, Mava had never said it until we were driving from like Omaha to Lincoln, maybe like two or three weeks ago. And it, it was quiet. She was in the back, she was quiet. And all of a sudden, she went, F, F, F. Why she went, fuck. Yeah. fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. And I was like, what? And so you don't want to laugh, you don't want to react, but you're like, oh boy, what? So she's never done it. But she's slow. She's oh, yeah. in that repeat mode. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I I might as well break my cuss streak on air too. You just did, but yeah, I know. So I was changing Brooks's diaper. This was like seven months ago, and I was changing. I stubbed my toe on the the bed uh, oh. bed stand before it, and I threw the diaper in there. It was a pretty bad stuff. I threw the diaper there, and I go, "Shit, God dang it!" And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. The only thing I. 
I've at least made up ground where I've got to say it instead of shit. So about you threw the diaper. I threw it in the air. Because you thought that was like hilarious. You a cartoon? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Are you Homer? <laughs> really? Why would you throw it in the air? I, I didn't know how to react. I mean, it was a bad toast stuff. I threw the diaper in the air. And he thought it was the funniest thing ever. So now. And, and he's I'm got a sweating. Is it he, hot here or what? He's got a pretty good memory because oh. you know, about once every three weeks, he'll like find a diaper and just go. Eh, and he, it, yeah. he laughs at me. Now you got to watch. Like so, oh, Mavis started preschool because Brooks started preschool, right? Oh yeah, oh yeah. You got to watch like whatever. Uh, they'll when Mavis shows up, she goes right to the teacher and she'll like basically like fill her in on whatever I was saying. <laughs> so I couldn't find my beard trimmer and I was just like stressed about yeah. it in the morning. And she went right to you. She's like, dad can't find his beard <laughs> trimmer. I was like, okay, I got to start watching what I'm saying around like. You got you to watch it now. Oh, you know, HUD, HUD, I'm still like, I can be in HUD mode. I'm, I'm good with him. <laughs> when they get to about two and a half, like you got to really watch it. <laughs> you threw the diaper in the air. I threw, oh, I threw, it, it, was, it was like a cartoon. That's really what it was. <laughs> Was it a was it a was it a clean diaper? It was clean. It wasn't okay, a full, was full like a one. I didn't, lose, no, I didn't lose that one. I mean, I threw the clean one. I just threw it up in the air. I, oh, it was a bad uh, time. I, I got to be. You know what's funny? I could show you. I wrote down because I assumed you wouldn't. I actually wrote down on my things to ask you. I am disappointed you don't have mid camp horse voice because <laughs> I assumed you wouldn't. But you kind of got mid camp horse voice going. If here. we would have done this, if we would have scheduled this for. Two days ago, I made you would have been fine. No, I'm probably to cancel it. Oh, it was that bad. I would have sounded like you know the Godfather, like Don <laughs> Corleone. I mean, it was it was pretty. When you bad. see pulling guards, <laughs> we need you in there filling it. Is that, is that what it is? Like, you ever see like Luke Carnesecca? That'd be yeah. more. Like, I saw like Luke Carnesecca. I was like, ah. I'm getting scrimmage today. You know. <laughs> Okay. Well, no, Doc Rivers is the You're ultimate. Oh, okay, it's, like, Doc it's, it's not Blake. It's Rondo. <laughs> Gotta do it. Oh, my God. <laughs> no, I, it's, I assumed you wouldn't have horse voice because I didn't realize you were uh, – yeah. I would lose my voice. And I'm not – you know, what's funny is I'm not a, I'm not a yeller. Well, but you just talk all yeah, the time. Yeah, you, I mean, you talk you're just, all you're the time. Talking you're all talking all day. talking a lot. Yeah, you're um, talking all day. What are you going to – I mean, yeah. it's just your voice has it like just, a, It just uh, left. It's just going to go bye-bye, yeah, yeah. you know? Uh, speaking of Gruden – it's it's just nuts. Gruden's like yelling at people to not hit. Oh yeah. Like how is camp even does camp even resemble what you your camps were like? You now. know, uh, to that point you just asked. What's interesting to me is in the NFL, nobody's ever on the ground. That right. That's sense. what he was mad. Yeah. So yeah. It was like, and honestly, what I tell my guys too, I go, good players are not on the ground. Right. Like when we were. Uh, with with John at the Bucks, and we had a real veteran team, a bunch of really good players. I mean, you'd go weeks and weeks without anybody flying. You didn't notice it, but then when somebody finally fell on the ground, you're like, "What are you doing?" Why? What is it? Well, I mean, number one, I mean, injuries happen when guys are a little bit out of control or can't control their own bodies, right? And you know, I mean, even for, like for us, we don't we don't go full out tackling to the ground. Besides, maybe two or three times. You know, maybe three, four times during fall camp. Gosh, you know what I mean. So, a- so the, the 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 people that are really good can practice and practice really, really hard, but they're always on their feet, right? Because in all reality, if you watch a real football game, you're really on your feet, except with the that last, the last yeah, the last tackle. contact, yeah, right? The last contact. And what he's saying is, I mean, because I mean, uh, he came from the 
for, you know, the West Coast, Bill Walsh, 49ers yeah. tree, where he really believes in like crisp practices with not a ton of context. He likes to keep guys fresh. But if guys are on the ground, I mean, it just completely defeats it the was this It was this rookie safety. Yeah. And uh, Jonathan Abram, maybe? Does that sound like in the right name? I don't know. But he, but he, he was barreling into guys yeah, yeah. and causing guys to go to the ground. Yeah, yeah. And Gruden was like, at like, Mad. Well, it wasn't it, like he was legit mad. A lot of times, guys, you're, you, they get they get rid of guys for that. Yeah. I mean, if you hurt a guy during practice, a lot of times you're you out of there. Touch Derek Carr, and he's like, protect yeah, the yeah, merchandise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we got to go again. <laughs> I was ready for the first one. Protect the merchandise. <laughs> better since the last time. I <laughs> oh my god. I mean, but this camp camp seems like it's kind of made for you. I'm such a. You're like, a routine I'm grinder. Such a, You're like, such a Gruden grinder. I'm like a finicky cat. It's sad to say. I'm so <laughs> routine oriented. And it's funny, like, we go back to our kids. Like, my kid, if if something is off, he's right. a train wreck. And then I'm like, I'm like, what is wrong with him? And I think about, oh, he's me. Because, right. I mean, I'm like a routine guy. But it goes back to, because I've been a football guy forever, and... Like when you get to the end of July, this is what you do. You go to right. camp. It's just yeah, because you have you have trained your your body has a has an alarm of like end of July Warren oh, camp. I mean, August might as well not exist. Right. You, you don't know what August is, and I've had one August since I was oh I don't know what fourteen. Right. One August, and so yeah, this is just what you do now, and I I do like it. Um, and it's 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 funny. It, Rarely do I ever. There's nothing I don't like about camp, really. even though it's a little bit long. I mean, yeah, you like the hours to maybe not be quite as long, but at the same time, you enjoy every minute you're See, there. This is I knew like you're. Yeah. Are you what time? You're four thirty in the morning. Right at four thirty right now. We'll, we'll, we'll bump that back to four when the season starts. But I go four thirty now. I mean, come on, you can't like you're like you're. It's pretty much by the minute what what I'm doing though. I mean, <laughs> you know, I do my. I walk by. Mario beats me there because I have to walk my dog. So right. Mario, Mario's there about 15 minutes early. Is he smoking a pipe? Does he have a pipe? No, in he's it? got his uh, chewed up cigar that he quit dipping. So he's, Okay, good for him. Yeah, yeah chews his guitar. I mean, his uh, uh, cigar. Yeah. So I walk by him. I, I do my little BS with him. keep it going. Then I go and I do my workout. It's about 35 minutes. I shower, change, get to my desk, get my coffee going. Oh, yeah. Oh, you nice, know coffee prior to the workout? I coffee in the drive-in. Ah, okay. So you coffee, coffee in, coffee, coffee then post-workout. Then get my post You still got your protein coffee? No, don't do that anymore. Okay, all right. That's all yesterday's coffee. news. Yeah, that's, that's old. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so then I'm pretty much at my desk at six, and then you spend the next hour kind of getting your, kind of a combination of getting your meetings ready for the day, um, kind of organize. If you have to have any recruiting stuff you got to do later, you kind of organize that. But it's kind of my, my little time to get my day yeah. organized. Um, but then, you know, by... 705 we're starting meetings i was gonna say because you guys got morning practice. We have morning practice so and then you know practice for the most part that's gonna take you up to 11 15 then you got about an hour lunch break before right. we watch film then you got about two and a half three hours of film you watch as a staff then you got more meetings with your players um then you do your walkthrough you know then you come back and you got between six and seven to eat dinner and then if you can call a recruit you you'd you try to text a recruit or something right. like that, um, and then after that, you have your. We have more meetings. Then you know, eight thirty. You go to a podcast. Then I go to, you go to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so hold on. The workout though is this your workout or is this Zach Duvall's like no, no, grown this man? This is bare root. If I really wanted to market it, I got. I think I got a pretty good niche for. Well, the, you look great. 
Like I tried to do burpees on Saturday, back locked up. I went to the chiropractor <laughs> today. I mean, they had to. Ju- I was like, ah! <laughs> I will say, I'm getting to the point where like I had a uh, I worked out Saturday morning. And by Saturday afternoon, it was like my hip was an 80 year old's. I was walking, I had the hunched over back. I like, I it just locked up. You should see. So I, I'll get I should, that a when bit. we're done, I'll stand up and I'll show you. Like, so I had to play in a golf scramble on this past Saturday. And you know, when Arnie and Jack have the inaugural <laughs> teach, it's no swing. That looked like me. Swing. <laughs> Jack One, Nicholas. 150 right down the fairway. <laughs> Everybody was looking at me like, what's wrong? It's <laughs> my back. But I like the merchandise, you know. <laughs> but I think I got a little niche for. You said like, you do you busy you, old man workouts, but like. you push one day and you pull the next, or you push or, pulls like. And I've also been in the rower. The rower's an animal. Yeah, the rower's an animal. But pretty much like it's all circuit stuff. It's body weight stuff. A little bit of kettlebells. You don't run. No run. I mean, who runs? The only thing, the only anybody thing that do, likes to run, I just yeah, I don't I don't buy it. The worst. just hurts. The only thing I do like is if I got a hill, the yeah. southeast hill. Ooh, you're I, a hill guy. I love the hills, but I, I, mean, I haven't done it for three years, probably. But like uh, the Holmes Lake Hill, <laughs> yeah, right? because you just you sprint up it, you can't get hurt, and it takes like ten you minutes. Yeah. You can't pull your hamstring See, you know, anymore. I've seen this, so I'm so mad at my workout. The other day. I like, my prevailing hurt. thought anytime I don't pretty much hurt. do anything is don't, don't get, get hurt. hurt. Don't get hurt. That's all you. Mean. What are we doing here? Don't get hurt. That's my only thought. That's a, do you get not to get all sentimental, but do you ever? Because you're a man, and we don't get sentimental around here. But do you ever get? emotional driving into work? Like, has there been moments where you're like, I, my office is at Memorial stadium. I, or, or did some of that get the fact when you were the intern with Bo, did some of that get chipped away? Like, I feel like since you already had a moment where you were around a lot, but because I'd have to, I mean, I watched the 94 orange bowl at your house when, when the boys won it. And I remember that was the first time I knew Nebraska football was a big deal, but remember our dads, they took a shot out of that. Like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, the, the Bob Devaney football, Bob Devaney football. What was in that? It was like 71, some type of scotch. I didn't understand what alcohol was or anything. I was just like, we were 11. We didn't care. I was like, it's clearly, (laughs) this is clearly a big deal. I mean, we were cheering for it, but like, I can't imagine outside of your family, there's anything that you, that evokes more pride than Nebraska football. Well, it was funny. It's, that's not the feeling I get. The feeling I get is every now and then you just, obviously major college football, it's an important job, but every now and then it'll hit me how important this job is. Okay. It's so important to me. Right. And it's the most important job I could ever have. Right. That's the difference. Like it's, I don't ever think like, wow, I'm at Nebraska. It's more like, well, that's pretty important. Right. Like this, you this, can't, like, I mean, that's something like, it, cause it just means more. Oh, there's, just, I mean, just like you said, that this is all, this is all, this I've is, known. this is outside of like your family. This is it. Like if you're, agree. if we're riding down Barrett Rood's life and what's been important, it's, 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 it's yes, like Nebraska yes, football's yeah. family, fam, Rood's Nebraska football, Nebraska football, football goes Mule, Jake Muleheisen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Mule watching Seinfeld and Southeast Athletics. Does, uh, do the guys ever, do the players ever ask about you as a player? Yeah, I remember, they do. They, okay. Cause I didn't know. No, they, you know it's easy you, to like when your coach is like, yeah, hey, coach sucks. He doesn't know what he's doing. You know what? YouTube makes it a lot easier now. Yeah. Like, every, I, I've had a couple of times I've walked in, they've got my YouTube highlights up. There. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's kind of funny. We laugh about it, but it's uh, it, now that like, I don't know if it's good or bad because 
you can either have the kind of mythic legacy, yeah, or they can look right, right, right. right. That's all you were. That's all you were. Uh, but isn't no, it funny? I, I'll, I'll go back and watch film of myself, and I was like, man, you boy, I was out there crossing <laughs> people. I'm look, I look unathletic, slow, <laughs> like I got ski boots on. Like in my mind, I was a lot more. Uh, yeah, it's uh, fleet of foot. The, the 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 YouTube highlights are usually pretty good. I mean, they make right. those look good. But I, and I've actually I've seen a couple. Like we've got some archives back in Nebraska where they found like some old, you know, like 2004 tape, some 2006 or seven tape from the Bucks. It's kind of fun to watch. Some oh of the yeah, old stuff. But yeah. you were, I mean, you were. Uh, did you have a neck roll for a year? No, yeah, that was a, me and Doak, the old trainer, used to battle at that one because I, mean, I showed up. I mean, what are they gonna do? They're gonna point to the guy with the neck roll, especially if he's a white guy. Let's ISO let's go, him let's in go coverage with this guy. Hey, hey, neck roll. Let's, well, that was for me for a while. Do. I had to wear a, uh, I'd spray my ankle really bad. I had to wear an air cast. It's like <laughs> white guard. Yeah. With the air cast. Air cast. I think let's ISO that guy. He's probably going to trip in his own shorts. Oh, it's so bad. By it the was, way, remember, like, I don't know, I think it was a picture of this last year. You and your uniform. Oh, God. That was comedy. I mean, uh, how, how did I go style? between legs? I mean, your shorts on a baggy scale. You made you made the Fab Five look like oh god John like Stein. they were wearing John, yeah like <laughs> Bob Cousy. I mean I still have like you know you have your old uniform and stuff like I mean these short and they were like thick as a towel. I mean you had like they gave you size thirty eight long and you're like uh, honestly like I, I mean this small. in all sincerity. I mean this in all sincerity. You could give Shaq my <laughs> senior year game shorts and it would like he wouldn't look ridiculous in them. They were. huge. Huge. Enormous. And then your tank was like hanging. To- <laughs> I looked like Tom Hanks at the end of Big when he was had the adult clothes on. I was like horrible. I mean, just absolutely. One thing I was. Is it hard? Because obviously you have a whole bunch of friends and acquaintances and family here of people trying to. Because like, you got to be careful what you say. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do most people get it? Like they really do. Honestly, they do. The, the hardest time that, that I had with it was the speculation during uh, yep. when we're at UCF. Yep. Because I mean, there was a couple of friends like, "Hey, what's going on?" I because <laughs> here because I, I was on the air for, during that, and there were so many people that assumed yeah. that I. Every night, me and you had a standing eight o'clock phone call of like, "All right, so what's the update today?" And it was like, I took, I, I was, I never once yeah. asked you about it. So I'm like, that's, bu- that's well, bullshit. I, there's a lot of liability stuff that comes. That's just bullshit. That's a bullshit question. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like I'm not, I'm not going to put you in that yeah, spot. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So that that was but that would be that's got to be kind of hard. But honestly, after that, like, and you know what's funny too is a lot of times, you know, if if a Whatever, somebody's in the news. I'm sometimes I'm the last to hear about it too. It's just <laughs> yeah. in the news, you know. What right, I mean? right. I, we got a lot going on, so it's like sometimes I'm fans hear about stuff before before I do a lot of times. Yeah, but I tried. I I just I figured most people would get it. Yeah, you, and know? you know what? They, honestly, that I'll text you time. every once in a while, like, "Hey, how good's this guy?" Or yeah, what do you, yeah, think? Yeah, you know. But yeah, for the yeah. most part, I'm like, I'm not gonna. You no, know, it really. What honestly, do you think of this? And guy? honestly, besides that, I mean, it really hasn't been. Honestly, no. Nah, it's yeah. you know what I don't know. That I was thinking about this. When did you and Frost meet? And did you hit it off right away? Oh, yeah, yeah. Me me and Frosty met. He used to come back and work out. That's right. NFL. That's so right. I was like a, I may have been a freshman. I was probably a freshman when I first met him. Because he would always be like He him. was still playing? Or what was oh, he? Yeah. yeah. He played until. And when did he hang it he up? He got done in 2004. Okay, so, so my, right when you. Right. My senior of college was his last year playing. Yeah. Um, and then uh, 
he would come back like Corey Schlesinger, him, Sheldon Jackson. Play action um, Jackson. Play action Jackson. Get it right. There was about four or five pro guys who would always come back in the summer, and he was one of them. So I got to know him a little bit then. Um, and then, you know, we kind of stayed in touch. And when he started coaching at K-State, it yeah. was through Raheem Morris. Ah. Who, was, who was probably one of my closest friends. Yes. The he NFL. was at your wedding. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, it was just you gradually stay connected. Then we play, started playing a little bit of golf in the offseason. And then it just worked out really well. Yeah, he – I mean, it's interesting how important – because that's how I got to know Kirk Heinrich at Kansas, yeah. Nick Collison at Kansas, uh, Kyle Corver at Creighton. Like, do guys still come back? Like, dude, is that yeah. still a thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and okay. I, honestly, I think it's the greatest thing. I think it's important. It's like, so that's one good. of those things that's way more important than people yeah, think. Yeah, it really is. And I I, I would love to give it to some point where, um, you know, I know when I was coming up, the very best of that was Miami back in the early 2000s. Okay. And, you know, some has to do with the fact that you could train in Miami and whatever. But um, Nebraska, you know, I think the last few years, I mean, I know last year, there was six, seven guys back working out, and I think it's the best thing, it's, you know, to see a young running back see Amir Abdullah work out, no doubt, or Nate, or have a linebacker safety see Nate Gary work out, right? So I, I love when those guys come back, and um, you know, I know it's, it's, you know, we always make sure they can always use the weight room and stuff yeah. like that because I, I think it's so good to see those young yeah. guys seeing those guys back. What's fr- what's Frost best at? Like, is it is his play calling, his offensive mind, communicating with players? Is it how? Because his like he's coached on both sides of the ball. He's played on both yeah. sides of the ball. Is it that? Like, is he just like has like no weakness? For lack of a better term, that, well, no, he's got some weaknesses. You don't make him out to be a Bill Brasky. Don't, don't, don't have him, don't have him organize your calendar. That's probably one thing. Okay, and don't have him be your alarm clock. That's probably <laughs> one thing. Um, but no, he's. I think it, with a head coach, it starts with communication. Yeah, um, he has an it factor, and he's got a a uniquely he's uniquely gifted in the ability to communicate. Right, because he can on the spot go get in front of a team and say the exactly what needs to be said. Right. Um, he combines that with, you know, it's a combination of players and coaches. They all either want to play for him or coach for him. Uh-huh. He makes it, he makes an atmosphere that you really want to be there and you want to do well for him. Right. Which I mean, and, and I think that shows when you go and six and you don't lose your team. Right. That means guys want to play for you. Cause I mean, I, I've been on and six where it's like, okay, see it. Yeah. T- tune you out. Let me get to next year. And it wasn't like that. And, and that's a full credit to him because like I said, players, they, they gravitate toward it. They want to play for him because they know that he's got their best interest in heart and he can communicate exactly what his vision is and what he wants to get done. I'm always – because he's not like a – you know when there's certain guys like a Gruden or a Herm Edwards that gets – or you know, that gets – like when they get in a press conference podium, they're like dynamic. He's not yeah. necessarily dynamic, but I'm always amazed at the substance of what he has to say on every answer. Like, I'm like, damn, that's a good answer. He's freaky smart. He really is. And he, and he comes off like he hasn't thought about it. But, yeah. But everything he says, there's a lot behind it. Right. And um, yeah, he's he's freaky intelligent when it comes to that. I mean, he always tells a good story. He said when he was in high school, his dad made him, I believe it was take debate. He had to take debate or speech or something like right. that. And he's hated it. But he said, looking back, it was the best thing he ever did because – He's you so learned how to effectively communicate he's a message. He's so comfortable talking. Yeah, and, and yeah. He, like I said, he doesn't. He's not a pause guy. There's not uncomfortable. I mean, it's, he can really communicate. That dude can really. Yeah. How have you? I mean, because I think sometimes it's easy to forget that like this is what Frost's fourth year as a head coach. Yeah. I mean, a lot of you guys are. I mean, you're a young coach. Yeah. How have what's like 
What's the biggest way you've changed as a coach, even early on, do you think? I think the biggest thing is you just if, – if you approach it like you don't know everything, you get so much better so fast. Because, number one, you got to be really fortunate to be around good people to get started with. Yeah. So they teach you the right things early on, so you kind of have your foundation. But, I mean, what football becomes is, you know, you're constantly either failing – or making a mistake, and if you can learn from it and fix it, you get that much better faster. The guys that I think stink are the ones that are just stuck. Right. They're always – Right. Always, they just do this. Right. That's all I know, and they won't They're try They're going to square peg, round hole That's it, over and over. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to, to me, is if the really good coaches, they have really solid foundations, but then they're constantly either – trying to get better and they're humble enough to say okay that, that wasn't good last time what how do i fix this right they're able to fix it right yeah that for me i wanted to ask you this my few stints coaching when i was a ga for coach altman or even just little stuff like with that freshman team yeah. or whatever i found myself i was kind of drawn to what i wasn't as a player oddly enough if that makes <laughs> sense like i don't get me wrong i like shooters yeah, and i yeah, like yeah. high iq but like i was more into like Rondo type, you yeah, know, like yeah, the yeah. Ch- like. Do you have you found yourself like? Are you more into like? Are you trying to find like guys that are mini Barrett Roots? I've, or? I've. It's funny you say because I kind of had to branch my way out of that. Yeah. So you want you think it's and initially you wanted to find guys that like, I, I were were similar to you. When I was playing, I always got really frustrated when a coach was like, "Well, I can't coach speed." You know what I mean? I hope you run fast because I can't coach speed. And I was like, shut up. You know what I mean? Right. You gotta be on so much more, but at the same right, time, right. if you can't run, you can't run. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like there's times where you're like, gosh, I mean, if the guy could just, you know, if he was just stronger. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if he was just bigger, stronger. There's faster. an element of, there, there's of an element. that that's so undeniable. It's a combination where I know exactly what I liked as a player. There's a few, you know, a lot of things I did as a player, I want my guys to do it just like that. But at the same time, you know. I want to get faster than I was. Right. You know, I want to get yeah. longer than I was. Right. Um, so I, I, at first I kind of went in there looking, okay, I, I remember I used to be able to do this. Yeah. That, this is how I was when I came up. They, they, this guy could be like that. But, you know, I was a little bit more of an outlier yeah. because I wasn't high on the athletic. Because you probably don't fit, like, the prototypical middle linebacker in the NFL. Like, are you – I would think you're – Are do you fit that mold? I'm like probably, a prototype, for lack of a better term? I'm probably slightly smaller, slower. Okay. And the other ones. But I was a little bit of an anomaly, like a little bit like Zach Thomas, where we both had really good feet. Yep. Like extremely good feet. There wasn't a lot of wasted motion. No, no because, wasted yeah, movement, extremely right. efficient. Right. Intelligent, understood the game, understood yeah. angles. But not everybody's like that, especially not everybody's like the early on. And if you got a guy that's not at an extreme instincts type level, then you might as well get a bigger, stronger fat. <laughs> like a run, you know what I mean? So that's something and, and <laughs> that kind of brings you when, you, when you get back to recruiting in general, I mean, there's so much stuff that that's, that's the hardest part, I think. That's right. So that's because that's what I, ta- I want. I don't know if it, you've ever laid this out. Take me through what the whole process from like when you identify a Jackson Hanna, like do you get word, hey, there's a kid and then you watch film and then you show it to Frost and then Frost says, yes, recruit him. Like, take me from, like, literally, like, the 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 first part of it to when he now is here. Yeah, I mean, essentially, <coughs> excuse me, essentially what you do is you go, you kind of move up the food chain. Yeah. You know, uh, one of our player personnel guys, he typically looks at him and says, hey, this guy's he's worth evaluating. I think this guy could be a scholarship-type guy. 
then you watch them on film and you kind of just say, you know, you kind of, you, and we have kind of specific grades we go down. I won't go in each of the grades or whatever, but it, it say essentially, say you say, you think a guy's a scholarship guy. You say, okay, yeah, this guy, I, I, I would take this guy or he's close to being it. We may want to hold. Um, if he's a no, no brainer, typically, you know, Frosty will trust if it's a complete no-brainer, but he watches all of them. Right. If he's got the final, yeah, like it's got to go through. Very, very rarely will there be like, I see a guy, like, you know, th- there are some guys we call them like three clippers. Right. right. put three clips on, like, okay, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, three, that's a perfect name there, for it. There's usually that's not many name. guys that we disagree on like that. Right, right. Um, but the ones that, that we re- – and a lot of times we do it as a staff. We get together and watch the guys who we really think are um, – Number one, either chance because of the location that we really got a chance to get, or the guys that are like, "Wow, do we think this guy's a scholarship guy or not quite?" Or what is he? Right. Uh, that's where the staff kind of gets together and kind of you know throws their ideas around. But ultimately, um, Scott makes the final decision on who we should go offer, and then then it, it's about going to their school. Right. Then it's yeah. yeah. Some some guys that are absolutely no brainers. You try to you know go through their high school coach and get get a hold of them on the phone. And you may offer them without even seeing them in person, right? Because they're just that good on tape. Most of them, though, you want to go and see them in person. Um, you know, you get to essentially before they're seniors, you get to kind of bump into them, shake their hand, and then go on. But do do set the record straight. Do coaches pay attention to recruiting rankings? Like, do you look at a kid and be like, "I like him. Oh, he's a two star." Nope. Everybody like, pays attention to them, but it's usually to ask yourself, am I seeing the same thing? Okay. You know yeah, like I mean? a, as a, yeah. Because, and it, it honestly, in my opinion, it's about 50-50. I mean, most five stars yeah, I mean, are it, pretty much five stars, it, it, but. They're, they're the three clippers. Yeah, yeah. They're, you know? Most of those guys, are, I mean, they are what they are. Now, it's the ones that get gray are like, there's also like a lot of, maybe they have one or two stars. We look at them like, well, I think this guy's really good. Yeah. Why did anybody else think he's good? Is his competition bad? Is he have an injury? Is he, an, yeah, is so, he, a, dirt, is he a jerk? Yeah, you know, so that, that's one that usually you look at those ratings to say, am I seeing the same thing? You know, and then there'll be, you know, a guy that you think is not very good at all. Also, you look at he's a four-star and he's got 20 offers. Well, why has he got 20 offers? You know right, what I mean? So, right. So we kind of look at him. <laughs> but you guys seem like you really trust your – like you guys have been first to offer certain guys. Yeah. And like you guys seem to really trust your eyes. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think – I think you have to, I because recruiting rankings, they're so, you know, a lot of them are based on those camps in the summer, where you're from, what right. high school you go to. So you, you can't base it all on that. And especially when you're talking about the difference between a a three-star and a four-star. I mean, you, you right. know what you're if, – if you know what you're looking for, you don't care about that at all. You know, what's, you know what I think's probably changed? I felt like when me and you were in high school, which wasn't, relatively speaking, not that long ago. Yeah. You could – Kind of play the card of I slipped through the cracks. I didn't get noticed. Uh, I didn't get any exposure. You could kind of play that card yeah. and be like, "Yeah, I could see that." Is that? It almost seems like I don't want to say it's impossible because like there's always going to be exceptions. But with <coughs> Huddle and with like you can watch every game Jackson Hanna played, Nick Henrich played. You can watch every yeah. game they played. Yeah. I remember going to Coach Smith's office and we put on VHS tapes. <laughs> Like we had 20 VHS tapes and I wrote down 15 schools and we sent them out, yeah. you know? So is it like, it's, it's almost got to make it, it's way easier for you guys now to evaluate. Right. Yeah. And, and it's, well, it, and it's, it's good and bad, I guess. Like, like for example, like Jimmy Williams, who was my old linebacker coach, he was a walk on Nebraska. 
That was back in 19, like, I don't know, 79 or 80. Yep. And he was a walk-in because the school burnt down and all the film was lost. You're kidding. So nobody had any film on him. And so somehow, like, there was a what? lot of this. Yeah, literally. And he had a, a, a younger brother, Toby. So both of Jimmy played 12 years in the NFL. Toby played six years in the NFL. And Jimmy was like a two-time All-American. Right. Walk-on. But there was no film of his high school tape anywhere. So, like, somehow, like, some Nebraska coach got a word like, hey, this kid's a pretty good player. And they, like, offer him to walk on. So he walks on, him and his brother. And, Unbelievable. Yeah, but so, like. Uh, <laughs> so you get situations like that. So, obviously, yeah, 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 no, yeah that yeah. wouldn't happen. But, you know, you can you can still find guys that fall through the cracks because recruiting's all pushed up now. Everything's. Yeah, Because it's so, yeah. it's so relevant now. Now, sophomores are a, have 50 offers. Right. And just I, I remember me between a sophomore and junior, and let alone junior to senior. I mean, I like, what? What? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't. Yeah. I don't, I mean, don't want to. We don't need know, to get into some of this yeah. stuff of recruiting, but man, it's just like the whole idea of a silent commit or like you. I, some of the, I will say Bo Pelini had decent ideas about recruit, of like eliminating signing day. If like, if I offer you and you commit, we can draw up a letter of intent like right then and there. Yeah. Some of the stuff would get eliminated, but. I, it's you know I don't know I, I it is what it is it is it's, what it is. There's right a now. saying it's like it's the cost to do a business. It's like it's it's kind of the market. Yeah. It, like you you either you can get mad at it if you want to, but like you kind of got to do it, right? It, it's yeah, it is what it is now. But it all goes back to if you know exactly what you want to do and exactly what you're looking for, you'll find <laughs> you'll find the right guys for right. your school. Yeah, I. I want to say um, we got to get to this year before we lose your voice. (laughs) Real quick with last year, I want to talk about last year for a second, and then we'll get into this season. You never want to make excuses because, like, ultimately the games came, 0-6 happened, right? Mm. But did it not kind of feel like – what did it feel like in the moment? Did it not feel like a perfect storm of, like, week before the season starts, Jebbia leaves? Then Akron game gets canceled. Then because of the like, you get off to a slow start, couple of turnovers, you dig yourself a hole. Then the like, there's just a bunch of stuff. Then because that Martinez got hurt, and then the Troy game comes. Oh, like yeah. it did it not kind of feel like it was a perfect storm there's of no things. Doubt. It, it was a complete perfect storm, and you know, it, it, and I've always kind of go. I re- Seinfeld taught me a lot growing up. Seinfeld. Yeah, I, I think everybody's kind of even, Steven. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean. Because now the, the year before at UCF, you know, we had uh, it was an unbelievable year and it was well deserved. But we, you know, if we got if we needed a break, we got it that year. Yeah. Whereas the the next year, first year in Nebraska, we got anything no that could go wrong went anything wrong. anything that could go wrong went wrong, and <clears throat> now you can kind of look at it and take it for what it was. But at the time, oh, I mean, it was miserable. Right. But no, we. I mean, I felt that was like, you know, the first game comes. I mean. And it was as electric of an atmosphere oh. as there's ever been. And I mean, it was just perfect, the intro and all that stuff. We kick it off, and man, we were ready to play, oh, too. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, you never know, but you, I mean, we, we play that game, we, we win that game, whatever, 42 to 10. It may have been a completely different year. Totally agree. Yeah. Totally agree. And so I just, the other thing, I'm going to throw some stats at you so you don't go cross eyed on me. Because the other thing with the start of the year, first six games, 61 total penalties, 10 penalties per game for about 100 penalty yards per game, minus seven turnover margin, 0-6 start. Last six games, you cut everything in half. Five penalties a game, 40 penalty yards per game, plus five turnover margin, four and two. Like, is it 
you there's a million things, but could it, could you almost like is that almost like could you be like didn't not as many penalties, a little bit better taking care of the ball. Well, and, and there my, you go. And, and I, I mean, I remember uh, Scott's press conference. I think after Purdue, yeah, where he kind of said, we're, you know, we're not going to tolerate guys doing it the wrong way. And you know, we were we took over a new team, and you know, it, to those a lot of players' defenses, they had you know multiple head coaches, multiple. It's hard. Those coaches. guys, are, it's hard yeah. going through coaching change is really hard. And uh, maybe we tried to ease them into it a little bit too much, but at, at one point he said, hey. If you're not going to do it the right way, you're not going to play. You yeah. know, we just won't play it. We'll figure something else out. And also at that same time, the players came to him and said, you know, coach, the guys ain't doing it the right way. We're not going to let them play anymore. Right. So then the players took it over too. And it was. It was a different team. Even though we lost the Northwestern that next week, which is another game with like you had to I mean, try. Again, yeah. You had to like, try to lose. Right. But you know, we we outplayed the team that won the Big Ten West that week and should right. have won that game. Um, but at the same time, that one switched to the now they saw that they could go beat anybody and right and then they played Minnesota and after that they were a little bit of a different team I, I would say let's talk about Martinez because I mean I call him Adrian Martinez Va he is my, <laughs> my God you I mean you're a guy that you you're you're pretty slow to hype yeah. I would say and he I, I you were like this guy is yeah. big time what what. Take me to like the first time you saw film or something. Like when when do you, what, do you remember the first time you saw film on? I mean, was he a three clipper kind of a guy? <clears throat> yeah, but you know he you know he didn't play his senior year. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That, so that shoulder. was the thing that was a little bit different. I mean, I saw some film as a junior and he was really good. Don't get me wrong, but he didn't play as a senior. So he, I mean, he literally had a shoulder surgery, and I, and I don't know if he got hurt the first game or the preseason, but he missed that whole year. Um, and I remember even when you met him, um, when I met him on his visit to Nebraska, um, physically he was not that impressive compared to what he looks like now. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the way he carried himself, oh. that was what was cool. I was like, okay, if this guy is talented, he's You're got like, the it factor because he was oh. personable. You know, he he asked great questions. I mean, he looked you right in the eye. Um, that was the cool part because, to me, all the really good quarterbacks I was around are the same thing. I mean, like right. the breeze. Those type of guys, you know, Hasselback, the guys that played forever. I mean, they had a little bit of a charisma about them. So that part was cool. But then you saw when he got there, he was just getting his shoulder all healed up. And then, I mean, he immediately gained like 20 pounds. Right. And now he looks like a dude, too. Um, so he's an impressive guy. And I'm, I'm, you know. Oh, man. I mean, when Scott, said, when Scott says, and I get it to a Trevor Lawrence, all this stuff, but like for what you guys do. I mean, who else would you want? I mean, I, like yeah. I know that sounds yeah, crazy, yeah. but I mean, you see all the dark horse Heisman stuff. Like yeah. this guy is, and you bring up all the personality stuff. There's also an element of have you ever have you ever? Uh, I'm sure you had teammates like this that were pretending to be a leader. Oh yeah, you know, like the phony. Like the thing with him is like all that stuff doesn't seem phony at all yeah. with him. Like he's genuinely engaging, charismatic, natural leader. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and he's not a um, sort of like you said, he's not going to fake his personality to be a leader. Sometimes you know, guys that are trying so hard to be a leader, they they kind of step out of their personality. Yeah, which you I, can see I've that. I've never been a big, you know, and some guys I think you know like a. Like a Brady, for example, I think he's a little bit more of a yeller in practice. Yeah. That's thing, and, and um, you know, Adrian's a little bit more like the the Drew Breeses, where they're they're a little bit more calm, a little bit more systematic. They're just going to tell you what you need to do, and not as much yelling. But he he doesn't leave his personality, which is what I really like. Has he? Where where do you think he's 
is it just everything? He's better at everything. Yes. From from last year to yeah, this year, yeah, he's just he's, he's you know better mechan- grasp mechanically knows the system better. He's stronger. Um, you know, probably faster. You know, right. Um, but it, and it's it's what it should be. Year one to year two should yeah, no be doubt the biggest jumps. Yes, and he should just be getting better and better the more he runs. You know, in this system, have you so are the I've heard about the seven hundred. Does Mario <clears throat> truly have a seven hundred question? Yeah, I mean, what if if you and I for the rest of the night tried to come up with seven hundred questions? <laughs> just not even on like on any topic. I mean, seven hundred. Que- have you like? I, I ne- at it? I've never looked at what you all, need to go look at it. Just what, glance what, at what it. I assume it what it is is he's probably got every play they run, and you know every type every of cover, check. Every, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, probably and, and honestly, after you get through it a while, and then plus you talk about mechanics of quarterback stuff. You know, he's got all his little philosophies. He's probably got some niche key quotes in there they got to memorize or something. But um, he's detailed, man. He's pretty cool to watch work. It's unreal. Too. It's fun when you got a guy like him that is, he absolutely took the hard road up. I mean, he, he was a grinder forever. I mean, like I said, Coach Frost met him at Northern Iowa. Where he was in Northern Iowa for 14 years. You know, and now you could look at him. He's arguably the best quarterback coach in the country. I mean, mm-hmm. you can argue it. You know, the last few years with uh, Mackenzie Milton and now – with Adrian, I mean, his work's been as good as anybody's. I mean, the proof's in the yeah, what's happened yeah, on the, on yeah. Saturdays. He's you know, really, really good at. It. He's a so so. Does Adrian embody the rest of the team? Like in terms of just you guys are just better everything. You're just better at everything. I mean, I think I heard Scott talking today. The BTN guys were in today or whatever, and and uh, he 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 said one of the things that's the biggest difference is just everybody's bodies. Like yeah. Is that, like, would you say what's from from this time last year to now? What is the biggest difference between? Well, and I think it's a combination of you know, it's just everything's level two. You yeah. know, it's like you're you're in graduate class as opposed to intro classes. So now you're always le- you're learning kind of the whys and hows of offense and defense and special teams. And then the the yeah the the physically that was probably the biggest surprise when we got here is just how physically. A kind of weak of a team. We yeah. Had. We just didn't work hard in the weight room. We didn't work hard in practice either. And one player's fault. It's just they weren't pushed to do that. And that's the, that's what Nebraska was known for too. Right. It was nuts. always what we were known for. So after a full year and a half of that, you know, I mean, it, it is. It's night and day how guys look. What? what so what? It, so talk to me about the offense. I mean, really, you guys are pretty young. Yeah. I mean, uh, Martinez. Uh, Maurice, you, I mean, a lot of your wide receivers, Wandell. Yeah. I mean, what what's kind of jumped out at you when you're when you're watching the offense here in camp so far? <clears throat> you know, our offense, it's they consistently, um, God, they're consistently trying new things, tinkering things, and um, you know, a ton of versatility. Um, there, it just it, it's honestly what, what's cool to me as a defensive coach. If I was an offensive coach, I'd probably run the same stuff because it's just everything's that's telling everything's a problem and that's one thing that's cool about scott's offense is every play's a problem play there's no just like okay this is easy there's going to be whether it's tempo whether it's a shift the motion i mean uh reading somebody else and then you combine that with the quarterback run game every play's a problem play right and so that's what's cool to watch about it what uh what's what's the defining trait of wandell's game like what what's just versatile i think versatile you know i mean he's He's, and he, you know, honestly, what the coolest thing about him is he's exactly as advertised. When you watch this film in high school, you're like, whoa. And yeah. he shows up and you're like, oh, that's yeah. the same guy, <laughs> doing same the same guy we watched right, right there. <laughs> so, um, you know, I think 
um, his fellow Kentuckian from up in Purdue. Yeah, Rondell Moore. Yeah, I mean they're very, very similar. similar guys, yeah. you know, and um, those type of guys in modern day football, they're problems, Woo. you know. And that's you know, I think honestly, I think Bill Belichick kind of started that trend um, a little bit with tight ends. Yeah, ten years ago when he had you know Gronkowski and the Aaron Hernandez, the, the, the murderer, killer, the killer. Uh, <laughs> but when you have guys that can do all sorts of things, God, it's hard on a defense. Uh, that's where that's where football's kind of going. We'll get to the D in a second. Um, Mills, yeah. I mean, he, guy, he, you rush for seven hundred some yards at Georgia Tech, twelve touchdowns. I mean, you're like that's against real. That's not against roast beef state. That's yeah. those are real teams. Yeah, like is he? He's come in and been. What you yeah, guys thought yeah. so far? It, kind of the same thing. I mean, yeah. he's what we thought he'd be. Right. He's tough. Um, likes football. That's the thing too. Is he, he likes football, um, and it shows we're getting the right guys in here because he's a, he fits right in, works hard. Um, and he's been good. He's been a really good addition for us. We needed him. The the defense. Um, do is the biggest reason you think they'll be better, mental or physical? Both. Okay. Both. I think we're. Number one, we just understand it a lot better. We understand the issues a lot better. Um, we got a lot of guys back that got a year of development, but um, and then after that, we're just a much stronger physically team. I mean, defense. Like if you, yeah. there, there's a non-negotiable level of strength. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a little bit in defense of the players, most were recruited here as four three, mm-hmm. like defensive linemen, linebackers. <coughs> Now we play a three-four defense. You know, it, it takes a little bit more. You're you need to be a little bit of a bigger, stronger team to be a three-four defense. And to give some of those, especially some of those defense linemen credit, I mean, they've put on the necessary strength to be able to do it. I mean, you know, those two twins, they're kind of, you know, even front tackles. You know, three right. techniques, and they've made themselves into really versatile defensive linemen, which is cool to see because, and they're like a lot of those guys. They've had four or five position coaches. Right. You know, but they've battled through and now they're really, really good players. How, the Okie State Daniels guy, is he going to, I mean, he's, he's a good player. Size, man. Yeah, he was a great transfer for us. Yeah. He, uh, you know, we were lucky that his little brother played here and he wanted <laughs> kind of, kind of be with him. He's really a good player. Great. And I think more so he's a better guy leader because he always worries about he's, What is he, 23? Uh, 20, yeah, I mean, grad senior transfer. Like, He's at least twenty two or so. He brings. He's got to bring like he's a yeah. grown up. A little and he bit walked in, in and he was just like he just fit in great. Yeah. He's a great dude. Works really hard. He's been. He's exactly what you want when you're talking about a transfer player. The uh, what about the uh, Jakeem Green? Is yeah, he coming? I mean, he just came. He come in. in and say, "What's up, fools?" <laughs> he's a big, big old ass boy. To play I read guys. six five three fifteen. He's not six five. But <laughs> he, that was a little. That was fall. He's six three and a half, but. He's a wide body man, and he's he's our good get. That was yeah. a, he's going to be a good player for us for for a while. He just you know he's, he came in late, so he's got to catch up learning wise. But but he'll be fine. Did it? It seemed like Mo Berry. Now I don't know. This is just the like listening to him talk and then how he played. He seemed like he was maybe one of the first guys to buy in right away. I like, agree with that. Yeah, yeah he, I, I, he was probably as all in as anybody, and he's continued to be. You know which. Uh, you know, we like we said the hardest thing to do as a player is buy into new coaching. Now it's easy; it's easier when you're not very good and you get a new coach. It's really hard when you've had a lot of success and a new coach comes in. Yeah, try um, Roy Williams, Bill Self. Those yeah, guys had yeah. a hard time. I mean, know? I I believe that. Yeah, but, you know, Bill Self. They like, went to he, two Final Fours. You told me that. those dudes went to two yeah, Final yeah. Fours, and then Coach Self came in and totally ran and, a different. And we're off. doing it completely totally different. different yeah. You know, yeah, and it's hard to buy into that. Yeah. And, 
um, you know, to to his credit, he completely bought in, um, and you know, he's and he's continued like everything that we ask him to do, he does. Right, and, and that's what that's all you can ask for for players. Just a hundred percent go in all all in on stuff, and you know, and you know, fortunate for him, his results showed he, he had a good year, and hopefully continues to develop this year. Do you feel do you feel good about the linebacker room right now? Yeah, I do. I do. I think, uh, you know, we got a group that's just way better than a year ago. They all understand it better. Um, you know, we got kind of a mix of young and old guys, but uh, I am. I'm excited about the group. And hopefully we can, you know, knock on wood, stay healthy the whole year. I've, I have two questions and rapid fire and we're out of here. So your voice is going to hang in there. Okay. <laughs> uh, you, you got to see it a little bit the year you were the intern or whatever with Bo. So you got to get a taste of the Big Ten. But coming back – into it, what was thought? What were your thoughts on going through the Big Ten again? Uh, I think it seems the, like the division's really gotten better. Yeah, the, the level of coaching, I think. Yeah, I, I think um, all through. I mean, you know, from east to west, there's a bunch of good coaches in the Big Ten, and there's just not. <laughs> you know, when we were coming up, you had to beat pretty much. I guess this is the '90s, so Colorado. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you happen to have Texas or Oklahoma in the crossover game, you need to win like two games a year. Right, I felt like. Um, now, I mean, there's no, you look at your schedule, like who we, who's the, gimmick? what's, what's, what are you penciling who's in? I mean, yeah. Right. Like, you know, I mean, five years ago. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're, there's Purdue. We'll smoke them. Jeff Brahms there now. We're not going to just smoke Purdue. No. Um, you, you got to show up to play every week. So that's the biggest thing I've yes. seen, you know, and same thing. Look at, you know, Northwestern 15 years ago, you maybe thought that was just going to be a win. I mean, they're always tough. Right. So that's the biggest thing I saw was just how tough top to bottom the big 10 is, you know, I think maybe the sec gets so much publicity, but I think that's so reliant on the top three right, or four right. teams. Whereas top to bottom, I mean, big 10 is really, really tough. Okay. Rapid fire and you're gone. So voice hang in there. Okay. Ready? What do you, what do you miss most about playing? Oh, everything. I mean, I can't, like, can see. I guess Let's see. the process? I think you miss, cause you're like, we go back to the routine. I think you loved everything about, what led up to Saturday and then Sunday for you? Yeah, yeah th- yes or and, no? And, and yes, and that would include the entire year because I love <laughs> I love the off season, right? I love the preseason workouts. I loved OTAs. I loved the summer break. I loved preseason. I, mean, I loved it all. I literally miss I miss everything about it. And honestly, coaching is the next best thing. Right? Do you get more nervous for games as a coach or when you were a player? Player. Really? Yeah, yeah. Because I would have thought, like as a player, you at least are in control. Like as a coach, you're kind of, it's, at the end of the day, it's kind of out of your control I to get, a certain extent. I get more nervous throughout the week as a coach. I get more, I got more nervous game that. days. Football's different too. Football, yeah, there's a. Football, there's a pretty good. Yeah, you, adrenaline you get your, going. yeah, you, you get it but going I'm, good. I'm more stressed out during the week. And like, like as a player, I never stayed awake at night as a player. As a coach, like I'll stay awake thinking about if I get it right. Player, it was nine o'clock or ten. You, were, you, were, you and Mule were watching Seinfeld, yeah. <laughs> calling it a night. That's yeah, great. Coach, I think about stuff a lot more now. Favorite former black shirt, Mike Brown. Yeah, I knew that was yeah. going to be the answer to that. Uh, first thing you watch when studying a film, film on a linebacker. What is there something that you want to see first? Yes, suddenness. Okay, I want to see a suddenness. Then I want to see. We say suddenness that like hitting or just like your athletic burst to combination of movement and then hitting. So okay. moving around, how how well they change directions? Do you see like a twitch with them? Yeah. And then when they 
hit or go into context. Some there's way, something to is that. Is there a snap to it? Yeah. So there's a to me there's a suddenness you watch on tape and you want to see that right away. Okay, uh, does something catch your eye quick? So I'd imagine did Henrich and Hannah have that? Yeah, yeah. They 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 had the natural just twitch. Right. Now the one thing about that is you know. If you got that, you can work with everything else. You right. know what I mean? Now, you want everybody to be yeah, super fast, have a right, great motor right. and instincts. But if you got the twitch, right. it's hard to develop that. Best player you ever played against? Tom, against, Tom yeah, Brady. Brady in the playoffs. Tom, Tom Brady <laughs> and then Peyton Manning's like 1B. It's one of those two. They were both unbelievable. Did he, did he read you like a book? Oh, yeah. I mean, you know what I mean? Both, like, did he both have... of them. I mean, like... <laughs> Honestly, the one that the Peyton was still the most unreal because we like tried to just change everything about how we did our defense, and right. he still knew what we were doing. That's every unbelievable. Snap. Yeah, and, and so when he was, I guess we played him in 07. right before he had the next yeah. stuff. But I mean, he was so good, and he's like a computer back there. He really he, I mean, he's a computer. He's literally a computer. And then Brady, it was the same thing. I mean, he just he, he and he was so precise. And every time you, you there was an opening, it was all he never missed a throw. That right. was like with Tom Brady when it was time to make a throw, the throw was always gonna it was be gonna perfect. be in the perfect spot. Perfect spot. Most painful injury you ever had. You had a um, bunch. I had a bunch. That's what's amazing about how good you look. Like you I'm when I, I'm not gonna lie. I mean, remember when I we went and all of our friends went to watch you play in Tennessee. You oh. you dropped into coverage. Perfect drop. Yeah. The ball <laughs> went right over your helmet and your shoulder. You had a torn labor. I, I couldn't reach my You armor. couldn't get yeah. your head above. Like you, it was like right over your helmet. I was like, oh, God. And your shoulder went out that game. You had to like oh, lose, it was come already, out. It was already out. Yeah, yeah. But that was the worst year. You were. You had a torn groin. I had a meniscus in my right knee, a right toe. Jesus. And then a right 360 labrum and a bicep tear. Oh. So that was. So that the, whole, we'll just go that whole year. That whole year sucked. That whole year was not good. That was you. the worst year. So I, I, yeah, I'll just take that one. That two, two last ones. This one I love. Who would win in a fight, you or your brother, Bo? Oh, come on. I mean, I mean, I mean, now I'm going to have Bo on the pod, so he's going to have you, a rebuttal for this, too. He'll probably say, This is baloney. This is baloney. See, what, you know what's funny about Bo is Bo's like, will watch one UFC fight and then think he's like, I know jujitsu. So he would like, all you have to do, is, all you have to do yeah. is like, I'd get bared on the ground uh, and then like arm bar him. It's yeah, like, yeah. have you ever done an arm bar yeah, bump? Yeah. No, you haven't. No, but I visualized it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we'll get you out of here. Nebraska will have a good year if. What? Nebraska will have a good year if. I Healthy? Think, I, I think Nebraska will have a good year. Yeah. yeah. Okay, maybe that's just yeah. it. Yeah. Nebraska will have a good year. I, I really think that. I really think we'll have a good year. It's just a matter of, you know, it's just, a, honestly, it's just a matter of us. What would that be? What would be the word here? Well, I mean, I executing, think, you know what, honestly, I mean, you do your honestly, job. You, you look at health. It's, it's yeah. health. I mean, I, I want to try to make up a real, a real like, uh, you know. A Mario Verduzco. Yeah, I really, yeah. Oh, really get deep right here. It's health, you know, and that's on any level, you know. If you lose a bunch of key guys, life gets hard. If your guys stay healthy, I think we can be pretty good, right. you know, and that's. Shoot, I go back to every level I've been on. If the wrong guys get hurt, life gets harder. No now, doubt. you can still be good, but life gets hard if you get a few guys that you don't need to see get hurt, get hurt. You came on Chick and Nick once a week. You used to come in studio with me the, oh, yeah. when was, you were retired fun. for a that little bit fun. Fun. for, for my radio show. Now, you're my first ever podcast. Yeah. Dude, 
Thank you. I know you're super busy right now. The voice hung in there. It did. Th- that was good. This I got a little fun. nervous halfway through. I was like, I'm asking you dumbass questions, and we haven't even got to like I didn't Muhammad Barry. I didn't think we talked that much football. I thought I, I thought you did a pretty good this job. This was pretty. I you know like we talked about you know your cussing with your with Brooks. And yeah, all that yeah stuff, we had diaper stories for a while, but that yeah. was more was that was pretty serious. I thought it was yeah. I thought it was. A good I thought balance. that was pretty like. That I mean, we could balance. submit that to like yeah. anything. They'd be like, these guys are serious football guys. <laughs> serious. This is good. All right, you need to go home and sleep because you have to coach a football team. I do. All right, this Barrett, was fun. Though. Barrett Root, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Always. A Parkville Media Production.